Now to share part one of our Easter message with us, I want you to welcome somebody. I'm gonna, I think he's here. Share part one. David? Hello. Hey! Hello. Welcome <laughs> Pastor David, will you? Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Happy Easter. So John 10:9 says, I am the door. Whoever walks through me will be saved. And that's what we're talking about this morning, this incredible gift that God has given us through the Bible. There's actually 400 uses of the word door throughout the Bible. And in your own life, you're probably going to walk through about a thousand, maybe uh, tens of thousands of doors all through your life. That's physically. But think about emotionally, spiritually, um, all the doors that you choose with who's going to be your spouse, the career choice you make. The doors that you pass by, always thinking, man, I wonder if I should have chosen that path. Don't spend too much time there, but do we ever wonder about certain paths we should have taken? Or those doors that we all have to face that are very difficult, the challenges of loss, we're going to lose family members, um, the challenges of health and different issues that pop up. We all face these difficult doors. And then there's those doors that we chose that were wrong, and we knew immediately they were wrong, but it takes us months or years to walk back some of those decisions in our life. This morning, as we're talking about this door to freedom, we're talking about the door God brings that is a gift not only for eternity in heaven, but also the gift right now. He wants you to experience the freedom of him today. In the Bible, there's several stories in which we actually see God literally break down doors, prison doors in people's lives. It comes in Acts chapter 16, verse 26, when it says this. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the prison doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off, and they were set free. Here is a truth for us this morning. God is also doing that in our lives. He breaks chains. He knocks down prison doors. He sets us free. So what is, the, what is the door that God needs to break you of this morning? There's probably two types of people in this room. There's one type that is just shaking their head, yes, absolutely, I have experienced this God. I've experienced this gift, and I'm excited to be here and to just continue to praise him because he's released me from prisons. I'm free. And then there's the other type of person that's here today, and they're saying, what are you talking about? I'm good, and I don't need you to talk about prisons. Pastor, once again, you're trying to bring me down so that I finally will accept this message. No, that's not what I'm doing. And I kind of get you. I understand it, because I'm the same way. I'm sitting in the audience sometimes, and I'm listening to pastors, and I think, you know, my life's pretty good. I don't need you to talk about prisons that I'm in. But we forget some of the stuff that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Sometimes we forget about relationships that we're struggling through. We're sort of optimistic. We're like, I'm good. Life is well. And then we go to work, and we're struggling with certain coworkers that we try and just avoid sometimes. Or we have a boss that is always keeping us down in some way. Or we have sometime, sometimes there are um, family members that we avoid and don't really want to spend time with. And today we have to go see them and we're not really looking forward to it. Not that that's a personal one at all. My family lives away from here, so. <laughs> 
But we can go to God and say, God, I kind of, I wish that you would break some of these prisons that I feel like I'm in. Another one that we forget a lot is debt. Uh, We're getting our paycheck and going, okay, I can pay three out of four of my bills. And this next one, I think I can defer two more weeks and I'll be okay. Or maybe that one's just me, but the prison of debt is real, right? And we have to let God say, all right, God, can you free me in some way from this prison that I'm in? Another one that we experience a lot, but we sort of optimistically forget is expectations. Everyone's expecting something from you. And so you kind of live a life that's saying, all right, especially if you're young, I'm living up to the expectations that my mom and dad want from me. Some of you are older and still doing that, and you probably shouldn't. That's a different sermon, and we're going to let that go. But we have this expectation that's on us. A spouse may have it on us. We may feel like we're living a life for other people constantly, and this is the world that we're in. And God says, I want you to know I created you just the way you are, and I created you with freedom. It's not just freedom that you're going to experience in heaven It's a freedom right now. God wants you to take this door of freedom. If you have your notes, I want to encourage you to write all of this under one title, pretending. God wants to free you from a prison of pretending. We're constantly pretending to be something in this world. When God said, I made you the way you are, and I'm happy with you, I love you, and I've given you the freedom to live. So live out this life I've given to you. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of human opinion disables. The fear of human opinion disables. But trusting in God protects you from that. What a great verse. That's one of those verses you want to hold on to. Luke 16, 15 says, You're always making yourself look good, but God sees what's in your heart. The things that most people think are important are actually worthless as far as God is concerned. We spend so much time on things that really are not going to matter in two years or things that we're trying to attain that in five years will be obsolete. How much time do we spend pleasing others in high school? Was that worth it? Or your first job, when you had that 22-year-old boss with pimples and you were trying to please them? How's that working out? And some of you are in that same mindset that you have lived your life in a way that's pleasing of others. And it may sound good, but God wants you to experience a new freedom. It's a gift, and God wants you to be thinking about him. Here's what it says. I will live in freedom because I only pay attention to what you say, Lord. Do you know there's a ton of studies right now about Instagram, Facebook, all the social media sites, and all these these studies are saying this. We're more depressed now than we've ever been. In fact, this, this road that we're going on is actually causing depression more than ever before in our history. Why? We have these great social media sites, and everyone's doing so well. I don't understand why we would be depressed, except we get on there, and we look at everyone else and go, dang, that family's way better than our family. Man, that Easter egg hunt was off the hook. All right, let's step ours up. Take a good picture, kids. Not that that one's from experience yesterday. See, 
Easter is about being freed. We are freed once and for all. When he died on the cross for us, and then he rose from the dead, that's not just something we're going to experience later. It's something we experience right now. And God wants us to know this freedom in our lives today. The other one that we really hold on to is unforgiveness. The prison of unforgiveness. This one is plaguing our society. Something we're holding on to that we're just not going to forgive. We might try and forget, but we will never forgive. And then we put it on God. God, I won't forgive you for what, what you did here. I don't understand what you did here. This, this blank, whatever God did in that blank, will never forgive. I asked a friend of mine, Dustin, to come up. He's one of our elders. Dustin, thank you for being here. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Um, Dustin is experienced something recently that I asked him to share with you, and I said, you have about a minute to share one of the worst moments of your life. Good luck, but um, you can talk to him later and, and kind of expand this story, but will you give us the one-minute version? Sure. So in uh, 2018, we lost my sister to breast cancer. Um, she was 42, and for those of you that have lost loved ones to cancer, which is probably everybody, um, you know, it's, it's troubling, but I think the most troubling thing was she left four kids under the age of 16, and so for me, it was, you know, it just didn't make sense because I knew God was good, but when I looked at that situation, that was not good. And, um, you know, just a little bit more backstory. And that is we, for six years, we basically, you know, we took her to several different churches to be prayed over. We did everything that the Lord says to do to receive healing. It just didn't come. Yeah. And so expanding on this point that we're making today, what was it like to, to blame God, to be frustrated with God and angry at him? Well, as a Christian, you know, I know that God can do anything. Um, for me, that's never the issue. I, I know God can do, can do anything, but it's always, I kind of doubt, and in that situation was doubting that God actually wanted to do it. And it, it seems that he, it wasn't his will to heal her, this side of heaven. Um, so that was, that was kind of my hang up. Yeah, and I want us to be real. And many of you are in the situation of some kind where it, it's okay we can be angry, and we can ask God, and feel like we don't understand. And when did the moment of forgiveness come in your life? Well, it was, it was really when I was, I was reading at the time that my sister died. Around that time, I was reading C.S. Lewis' book, A Grief Observed, and Lewis writes about his wife that died from cancer. And he talks about um, kind of the silence that where he's asking God to heal his wife and it doesn't come. And so he talks about that silence and he says it's not a dismissive silence, but it's a, it, it, he says he kind of pictures God smiling, saying, trust me, child, you just don't understand. Um, so I was thinking about that. And Lewis says, you know, there's questions that we can ask God that he just can't answer, like uh, what shape is yellow? God couldn't answer that question if we asked it. So... At the same time, I was kind of meditating on the verse in Philippians where Paul says that he gives us a peace that surpasses understanding. And I realized I was looking for understanding, but God doesn't promise us understanding. And so I was looking in the wrong place. And so once I realized that and I began to experience God's peace, that his will is greater and his purposes are higher than mine. And like he tells Isaiah the same thing, you can't even understand my ways, Isaiah. So once I, once I just rested and said, I'm probably never going to understand this side of heaven. One day I will. Um, but at the same time, for now, I can just trust God because he's faithful. And if this is his perfect will, 
like Jesus on the cross, I'm thankful for that, but that didn't look very good either. And it worked out, it's worked out good for us, right? So just trusting that God has a plan that I can't see. I may never see it here, but I know eventually it will make sense. Yeah. Uh, I want to encourage you, and thank you, Dustin, for sharing your story. If you are in a situation like that and you want prayer, like I said, Dustin is an elder, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Larry, they're all here. Uh, we want to work through that with you, but we also want you to get to a place of forgiveness in your life. Thank you. Thanks, Appreciate Dustin. it. So for you, what is that thing that happened that you'll never forget? How can you release that? The person who hurt you, and you're going to hate them forever. You might have moved on, but, but that hate is still there. That person that puts you in a position that you're in today, the trial that you're facing that no one should ever face, the tragedy that you just can't bear any longer. God wants you to have freedom. God rose from the dead so that you can have freedom. And this prison that's holding you back, God wants you to have freedom. As I see it, you have three choices with this. The first, you can stay right where you are and continue to be angry. A lot of people choose that, and that's your choice as well. Just stay where you are and, and be angry in that moment. The second one is we move on trying to forget that person, that thing, but we'll never forgive them. We all try that one, and it never works. We all try it at least once, and it just sticks and stays, and we can't actually forget. And I'm hoping this door to freedom brings you to three. Forgive and walk through a door to freedom. Why? Because God forgave me. And if God can forgive me and all that I am, can I also forgive others? In Romans 8.1, it says, There is now no condemnation, no condemnation, awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. That means when we get to heaven, Jesus isn't going to jump down and go, all right, we're going to let you in, but let's talk about a couple of your sins. There's a few that were a little over the top, and I just feel like we should have some further discussion. Thank God that's not how that goes, right? No, God forgave us once and for all. And so when we get there, we get to go in. Not, I'm going to go ahead and forget that. I may never forgive. You can go ahead and go in. That's not how it works. Because he has done that, can we also do it for others? For the power of God's life-giving spirit, and this power is mine through Christ Jesus, has freed me, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. Forgive, because resentment will make you miserable. It's like drinking poison, hoping it kills the person you hate. It doesn't work so well. Just let that sink in for a moment, what I just said. There are people we've allowed to hurt us for so long. There's things that we're remembering that we're allowing to hurt us. Let it go. Job 21:23 says, Some men stay happy until the day they die, but others have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. So you can stay in these prisons that we're talking about, or you can know the freedom that God gave us on Easter. It is a special gift. On your way out today, there's two signs. If everyone will look at the back wall, I put this huge sign up that says freedom on both of the walls. 
And what I want you to do today as you're leaving is symbolically say, I'm going to walk through the door to freedom. I'm going to let these things go, and I'm going to move forward with a God who loves me. If you don't want to do that, you can sneak through some of the side doors. We put pits of death on those sides. <laughs> or you can just walk through the back door that brings freedom. Over the next six weeks, we're going through a new series called Habits. What we want you to do is today drop some of the prisons holding you back, and next week begin to add the habits that God wants for your life that will absolutely change you. And what we're doing is we're doing it on the Sunday morning messages, but also in the life groups, and there's a book in the courtyard you can pick up, and it'll be a part of all of it and doing it together as a community, putting the habits that God brings that frees us in this life. It's going to be incredible. I encourage all of you that show up twice a year to really maybe just give six more weeks just six more weeks. I know someone dragged you here. Six more weeks, please. And it'll just be life-changing. Carlos is going to come up in a minute and tell us about the last prison that we're in. But let us remind ourselves the greatest door that was walked through on our behalf with this video. Let me tell you a story. You may not believe me. Myself. But I can't dispute what my soul knows. Peter! John! It's all true. Come see this! Everything he said. The tomb! Every impossible detail. It's empty! It's all true. its footing. You have me confused. I don't know him. And we stumble along our way. I said I don't know him! forgiven.
what was once dead has new life. What was once old has been made new. What was once finite has been made eternal. May we remember and follow the risen way. doors that we walk through are determined by many factors, like our experiences, our upbringing, our education, our character, sometimes even by the people that we see walking through the doors influence whether we walk through the door or not. But one of the biggest things that influences which doors we walk through, or for that matter, not walk through, are our fears. You see, the doors that we have as options have a plot and a storyline. And fear creates suspense in those stories. And we ask ourselves, what will happen next, which compounds our fears? Will I be rejected? Will I get hurt if I walk through that door? And then our emotions come into play, and anger and sadness and loss all influence which doors we open and which doors we don't. Some of us don't think we're worth some of those doors that we need to walk through. In 1819, 20 American sailors watched as water flooded their ship. They had just been hit by a sperm whale, which hid and ripped this catastrophic hole into their ship. And as the men watched their ship sink, they huddled into three small whale ships. These were the men of the whale ship Essex, whose story later inspired parts of Moby Dick. They took the essentials with them and as much water and food would fit. But imagine their fears as they drifted out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. 24 hours pass, and it comes time to make a plan. And as you might imagine, there's not a lot of doors open for them. Yet they discovered that they had three options, three doors. Door number one, they could sail to the nearest island, which was 1,200 miles away the Marquesa Islands, like Tahiti. However, they heard that in that island and the ones nearby were inhabited by cannibals, so they feared that they would get on shore only to be murdered and eaten. Door number two was sailing to Hawaii, but given the season, they feared that they were going to be battered by severe storms. Door number three was the longest and most difficult route. It involved sailing south for about 1,500 miles in hopes of reaching South America. Yet they knew that that option would probably exhaust all of their supplies. So here are their options. Here are their three doors, all fears. Fears of being eaten by cannibals. Fears of being beaten by storms. Fear of starving to death. And as it turned out, the fear that they listened to would dictate whether they lived or died. And after much deliberation and acknowledging that their biggest fear was the fear of cannibals, they decided to embark on the longest and most difficult route to South America. And after two months at sea, the man ran out of food and water, and they still were so far from land. 
And when the last of the survivors were picked up by two passing ships, less than half of them had survived. Herman Melville, who used this story as research for Moby Dick, years later wrote, and I quote, All the sufferings of these miserable men of the Essex might in all human probabilities have been avoided had they immediately, after leaving the wreck, steered straight for Tahiti. But as Melville put it, they dreaded cannibals. You know, fear that we all have is this, is this natural human emotion. It is a feeling of anxiety or concerning the outcome of something. It is a belief that someone is dangerous or, or that something is likely to cause pain or, or a threat. And if we're honest this morning, we all have them. In fact, there's so many fears. There's fears of public speaking. Some people have a fear of the unknown. Some people have a fear of heights, of needles, snakes, and on and on. The fear of death. But whatever you may call fear, whether it's worry, stress, or anxiety, there's one thing that fear does to us in our life. It always locks you in a prison. Fear, you see, never gives you an open door. It never gives you an open life. It takes away your freedom because it limits your life. And that's the beauty of a day like today, that we can celebrate Easter and know that God sent his son to die for us and rose from the dead. And on a day like today, it is a good time to remember that we can have freedom from the prison of fear. Even on this day, Easter, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, the disciples they still hadn't seen Jesus. They had just heard, like you saw in the video, that, that he had risen. And, and they didn't know what to think. But there was one thing that the Bible tells us about. They were scared of death. John chapter 20 tells us, again, this is the first day Easter 2,000 years ago. It says that that evening the disciples met behind locked doors out of fear of the religious leaders. They had just seen Jesus crucified and they thought if they associate us with him, we get to die too. So it's justified. And Jesus knew their fears. And all of a sudden, Jesus stood among them and says, peace be with you, which is the opposite of fear. But notice how they locked the door out of fear. Have you noticed that fear always locks people out of your life? And you say things, you know, like, I will never let that woman, I will never let that man do that to me again. I will never let that person get close to me again. And again, on Easter, when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were running towards the tomb, and they, they saw that Jesus was missing, and they were afraid that somebody had taken him and stolen his body, an angel of the Lord appears to them and says to them, again, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. In fact, the Bible talks about fear not or do not be afraid over a hundred times. Do you guys think that God knew that fears would get in the way of the doors that he wants us to walk through? Yet it was Jesus himself who said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And here it goes again. Do not be afraid. Jesus died for us. So that we may have peace, and again, which is the opposite of fear. Jesus died so that in him we can have the freedom of fear. 
So if you don't feel peace right now, maybe it's because you're looking for peace in all the wrong places. You're looking for the world to give you peace, which is impossible because true peace can only come from Jesus. And folks, all you have to do is accept it. So if you've been struggling from big or small fears, this is what I encourage you today to do. This is the perfect day for us to remember one of the most important things we can remember as we walk out through those doors of freedom. Remember that God loves you. That is the antidote to all of the fears in your life, that every time you start to panic and you start to get afraid, to just pause and remember how much God loves you and that he will never stop loving you and that he proved it to you 2,000 years ago on the cross. In fact, he loves you more than any man or woman would ever love you because, you know, God's love for you, it's not based on who you are. God's love for you is not based on what you do. You see, God's love for you is based on who he is. The Bible tells us that God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And there is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. So when you invite God's love in the front door, fear goes out the back. Love and fear cannot stay together. They can't coexist. So if you're in a relationship right now and there's some fear in it, it's not perfect love. Because if it was, that perfect love would have driven out that fear. And you're going to find that the more you invite the love of God into your life, the less fearful you're going to be. And the more confident and the more courageous and the more strong. And you're going to feel like you can handle anything because God's love is working in you and through you to be able to handle any situations that comes your way. So this morning, it is a good reminder that God loves us. And then remember that God has a plan. And it is a good plan for your life. Does that mean that good comes out of everything that you do? Obviously not. But we serve a God who specializes in bringing good out of bad. In fact, he turns crucifixions into resurrections. And when Jesus died on the cross, that was not good. But did he bring something good out of it? Salvation of humanity, of course. Out of the greatest bad thing came the greatest good thing. Folks, that means that God can take all of your stuff, whatever that may be, all the shame, sorrow, pain, all the bad things that you've done, that you've been through, that's happened to you, and it says that he can actually make something good and bring something good out of it. So here's the questions for us this morning. Are you tired of being in those prisons? The prisons of pretending, fake it till you make it, trying to pretend that you're someone that you're not, that you're happier than you really are? That you got it all together? Are you tired of perfectionism that you need? I just encourage you this morning that you would walk symbolically through those doors of freedom. That you would be a different people as a result of knowing that God died for your sins. And because of that, you can have freedom today. If you're tired of all the drain in your life and all the constant grudge and resentment and bitterness and the hurt. And it's, it's not helping you. It's only hurting you. I encourage you to walk through that door of freedom. Maybe you're in a prison of fear. 
and you're just scared of death of so many different things. People don't even know about it, but God does. And God comes to you and he says, I love you. And if you just let me fill you with my love, then the fear factor will diminish and go away in your life. And as your worry goes down, you'll notice that your worship goes up. Jesus said, I am the door. Have you walked through the door of freedom? And folks, I'm not talking about do you go to church. I'm not talking about what religion you are. I am talking about have you walked through the door of freedom to begin a relationship with God who loves you and has a plan for you. The Bible says that it does, makes no difference who you are or where you come from. So it doesn't matter what racial background you are, your religious background. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. If you want God and you're ready to do as he says, he says the door is open. Will you walk through it? The Bible says knock and he will open the door. You see, Jesus is the ultimate door to freedom. When that door rolled away, he paved the way, he made it possible for us to have a personal relationship with him. And in that process, have eternal life. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. All fear is gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I encourage you today to make that decision for yourself to walk out of those doors a different person as a result of God dying for you on the cross. Will you pray for me? I'm going to say a prayer right now. It's a simple prayer. And if this is you and you feel this in your heart and in your mind, just say simply, me too, God. And just say, dear God, I am tired Lord, I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of people pleasing. I'm tired of stress. I'm trying to be perfect when I can't. Lord, I'm tired of holding on to the hurt, the memories that just continue that pain in my life. Father, I want to let it go. Lord, you know the secret fears in my life, the fear of being found out, the fear of being exposed, the fear of somebody, if they knew who I really was, wouldn't like me. Lord, I have the fear of rejection. God, you know all of the fears in my life. Lord, so today I bring you the things that have imprisoned me, the things I've been ashamed of, the regrets, the resentments, the worries. Lord, I don't want to live like that anymore. Lord, I want to live a life of freedom. Today, I want to walk through the door of freedom, Father. Your son, Jesus Christ, you said that the door is open, and I'm going to walk through it. Lord, and today, as as best as I know how, I'm saying, Jesus Christ, I want to follow you. Lord, I ask that you would come into my life and fill me with your love, your spirit of love. And Lord, push all of the fear out. Push all the pain out. Fill me with a new sense of hope. And I want to walk through the doors in the future that you have plans for me. Lord, I don't want to live in prison anymore. And I am asking you today, Jesus Christ, to save me. And I ask you to accept me into your family. And I humbly say this in your name. And if you just said, me too. I just want to encourage you to do something this morning. 
Again, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'm going to ask you that you would raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar or do anything weird. I just want to pray for you. So that anybody here want to raise their hand? You said that prayer. I see your hand. Praise God. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? Said me too. I see your hand. Can put it down. Praise God. Praise God. Father, you see those hands. Lord, and your word tells us that you're rejoicing right now for bringing people back to you. Lord, so I pray now that as they walk out of those doors, there would be a different people with you by their side. That you would bless them and that you would bless them indeed. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for Easter, for us to be able to celebrate what you did for us on the cross. We love you this morning in Jesus' name.